evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. So if nature calls, you've got to change your diapers. Well, disposable nappy these days. Asia knocks on the door. A gunman turns up. Don't despair. If you survive the experience... The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. And I understand we've had a uh, call from heaven and hell. They want to podcast the Anarchist World this week, but there's a little bit of a dispute between the Archangel Gabriel and Lucifer, who are brothers, as you know, in the Bible, who, you know, about who should broadcast the Anarchist World this week. Some people say it's pure evil, and others people say it's pure genius. Hopefully we fall in between those two. Now, if you know what anarchy is all about, anarchist society is a voluntary non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power. That's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. Simple concept. Anarchos without rulers. How do you create society without rulers? You break down hierarchy, devolve power, share wealth. Simple. Even I can understand it. If I can understand it, I'm sure 99.97% of the population can understand it. Not that I'd expect Kim Il-jong and uh, the Groper, President Groper, to understand, but obviously not everybody is amenable to reason, are they? Sacrosanct. Funny word, isn't it? Sacrosanct. Sacred. Now, to me, workers' compensation is sacrosanct. It's a simple concept. Employers and governments at the state and fed, at the state level paying money into a fund which compensates workers who lose the ability to work through an injury at work. Simple concept, isn't it? And people die at work as a result of workplace injuries. They sustain severe and permanent disabilities as as a result of workplace injuries. And you would think that workers' workers' compensation um, things that we have now, you know, the laws that are in place are sacrosanct. Not if you're the New South Wales government. I love them in New South Wales. They are such wonderful people, the Liberal National Party government in New South Wales. They have now passed a law 
which will mean that any worker who has less than 20% permanent disability as a result of a workplace injury will now lose all benefits after being on this disability support on the disability workers compensation support after 5 years so that means anybody who's got a disc problem in the lower back is basically stuffed after 5 years they're forced onto the new start allowance because under the federal laws as far as disability support pensions are concerned they've been so tightened that all of these people who have been thrown off workers compensation will now have to rely on a new start allowance in order to survive and who's going to employ somebody who's got a 20% disability as a result of a workplace accident which has resulted in a, a successful workers compensation claim and why has the New South Wales government been so magnanimous? Why have they decided to burn the sacred cow or barbecue it and eat it? Because they want to decrease premiums for New South Wales employers. Isn't it wonderful? It's such a wonderful world within we live in. My apologies to Louis Armstrong. Now, I'm becoming a tiny, tiny bit concerned as I get older, a little bit more irritable, and I assume that comes with age. Irritability, because you know, you've got a limited time on planet Earth, and all those plans you had for yourself and the world are really going to come to nothing. You realise that. So, I want to look at the concept of tolerating and accepting. Because... Not all belief systems are the same. As an anarchist or a non-authoritarian activist, what I like to do is look at the principles behind belief systems, whether they're secular or religious-based. But look at at those principles and then make a decision whether I am willing to accept or tolerate. And my basic, my very basic demand of any secular or religious ideology or practice is, does that religious ideology or secular practice Accept the concept of universal human rights. Accepts the concept that all human beings, irrespective of who they are, the colour of their skin, their religious persuasion, or lack of religious persuasion, their gender orientation, so their sexual orientation or their gender, are born with inalienable rights and liberties. Now, I'm quite happy to tolerate people wearing funny things on their heads. 
doesn't really have an effect on anybody else, does it? And I'm quite happy to tolerate naked people running around a room. As long as I'm not asked to disrobe forcefully. And I'm quite happy to tolerate as much as human variation as possible. But I am not willing to accept secular ideologies and religious customs and beliefs which remove a human being's universal human rights. I am not willing to accept that or tolerate it. So not all secular and religious beliefs are equal. They're not. Some are based on incredibly authoritarian concepts. Others are based on the idea that certain individuals or certain groups are inferior. Others are based on the idea that only a few will be saved. And the list goes on and on. So it's important as an activist that we look at what we throw our support behind. It is critical and essential. Listen to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Now, the 9th of October, that's Monday the 9th of October, is Peter Norman Day, Human Rights Day. Now, I wouldn't be the convener of the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee if I, you know, if Peter Norman was a sprinter who won a silver medal in the Mexico Olympics in 1968, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. But I do care about Peter Norman's actions, and I do care about Australian society's reaction to what he did, because. Each and every one of us has the capacity to be Peter Norman. When Peter Norman went to the Mexico Olympics in 1968, he had no idea that a few hundred, you know, hundreds of students had been murdered the week previously and hurriedly bulldozed into mass graves. He would, he had no idea that he was going to be approached by Tommy Smith and John Carlos, the other medalists in the 200-metre race he ran in, to involve him in a campaign for universal human rights. He had no idea. Young man, young athlete, goes to the Mexico Olympics does much better than anybody ever expected him to do, clocks 20.1 seconds in the 200 metres, which actually would have won him a medal in the 2016 Olympic Games, believe it or not. I'm sorry, it was the 2014 or 15, I can't remember, but the last Olympic Games, gets a silver medal. At the end of the race, as they're walking back into the dressing rooms, 
Tommy Smith and John Carlos. Tommy Smith, the gold medalist, and John Carlos, the bronze medalist. Both Afro-Americans who are involved in the Project for Human Rights because there was a big push for Afro-Americans to boycott the 1968 Olympics because what was happening in America as far as civil rights is concerned told him what they planned to do the next day when they received their medals and asked him two questions. Do you believe in God? And he said, yes. And do you believe in universal human rights? And he said, yes. And they told him that they would raise their fists on the dais to support the Olympic Project for Universal Human Rights. Now, Peter Norman could have walked away. He could have told them they were bloody idiots. He could have kept his mouth shut. But he said to them, I will stand by, I will stand with you. I will stand with you. That's what Peter Norman told them. I will stand with you. He had a few minutes to make a decision and he made a decision which had a profound impact on the rest of his life. He made a decision to support the concept of universal human rights and on the dais, when the two men gave the human rights salute, he wore a badge which said, the Olympic Project for Universal Human Rights and publicly supported their stand. Now, you may have remembered about a decade ago in the Winter Olympics when Mr Bradbury, who was coming fifth in the finals of an ice skating race, saw the four Olympians in front of him fall over and he whizzed past them and won the gold medal. And we all say, Dunia Bradbury. You know, it's an Australian saying. A new saying. I mean, sayings come and go in, in the lexicon, in the language. We know that. Dunia Bradbury. If I said Buckley's a nun, most people wouldn't even understand, younger people wouldn't even understand what I'm talking about. But Dunia Bradbury, it's something people understand. So each and every one of us has the potential every day to do a Peter Norman. We have the potential to do a Peter Norman. We have the potential to stand up and say, when we see things in our sphere of influence, when we see things that we think are totally unacceptable, to stand up and say, I will stand with you. We can do a Peter Norman. Now, when Peter Norman died in 2008... He had paid a price for the stand he took. And you always pay a price if you take a stand. It is part of the stigmata that activists wear. You pay a price. If you didn't pay a price, there would be no stand. You take a stand and you pay that price. And in 2008, after his funeral the American Track and Field Association declared the day of his funeral, the 9th of October, as Peter Norman Day. 
Human Rights Day. Because they understood that their struggle for human rights cannot succeed without us standing up, standing with them. So any struggle for human rights by a minority will never succeed unless people in the majority take up that struggle with those people. Not on their behalf, but with those people. I will stand with you. Since 2011, initially, the Anarchism Institute organised Peter Norman Day. But in the last 12 months, the Peter Norman Day Commemoration Committee has been formed. And the Peter Norman Day Commemoration Committee has two aims. To hold a yearly commemoration on the 9th of October... Peter Norman Day, the day of his funeral in 2008, six, sorry, 2006, to acknowledge the brave, dignified and moral stand Peter Norman took on the 16th of October 1968 for in the struggle for universal human rights and two, to campaign for the establishment of a significant interactive monument in the soon-to-be-redeveloped Melbourne City Square to highlight that Melbourne is one of the world's most successful multicultural cities. So I'm inviting you. That's right, I'm inviting you to do a Peter Norman. Come and join us Monday the 9th of October at midday. Set aside at least an hour. Come and join us to celebrate Peter Norman Day, Human Rights Day, outside the Melbourne Town Hall. That's right. City Square, where we've had the commemoration since 2011, a mass, a jungle of construction. So join us. Midday, Monday the 9th of October, guest speakers. There'll be members of Peter Norman's family who will speak. I'm hoping his old coach, who's 92, will be able to make it and speak. And obviously there'll be other uh, guest speakers and we also have an open microphone. So join us in this push to ensure that the city Peter Norman was born in, worked in, lived in, died in, finally recognises the importance of his stand. Because if you look at the history of the 20th century, that photograph is one of the most iconic photographs of the 20th century which highlights the importance of the concept of universal human rights. This is the Anarchist World this week broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You can go to the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee website. It's peternormancc.com, peternormancc.com. Download the leaflet, send it to your friends, tell them what it's all about, or you can uh, go to the Facebook page, Peter Norman Commemoration, Peter Norman CC Facebook page and uh, post something. Post your support, like the page, get involved, but most importantly of all, turn out on the 9th of October. We've got a lot of plans for next year. Next year is the 50th anniversary. That's right, 50th anniversary. Our time flies. 50th anniversary of the stand that uh, Mr Smith, Mr Carlos and Mr Norman took in that continuing 
struggle for universal human rights. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Now, I understand, I understand we've had a little bit of a sporting feast on the weekend, you know? Richmond won the, what is it, the AFL Grand Final and the Melbourne Storm won the uh, Rugby League Grand Final. And I saw lots of excited people all over the city, some wearing most wearing yellow and black and a few wearing purple. Really excited. Orgasmic expressions on their faces and orgasmic noises coming out of their mouths. It's quite a sight to see. An old man like me almost got excited. So I thought I'd, I'd look at this phenomenon because it is. Because it's easy. It's very easy for activists like us to dismiss professional sport as the 21st century opium of the masses. Yeah, it's easy. So, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter. Let's piss. Blah, 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 blah. They're all nuts. Well, that's what not... The annex world this week is not about that. It's trying to analyse things as they happen. I mean, Richmond's unstoppable, unstoppable march to the grand final victory, the reaction to that unstoppable march can be dismissed as some type of juvenile, you know, juvenile response to a sporting event. Oi, 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 Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And and as activists, we can lament all we want that the passion, tears and jubilation, and I saw it all, I saw passion, tears and jubilation, that accompanied Richmond's grand final victory after 37 years in the wilderness. Christ only spent 40 days in the Garden of Gethsemane in the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights. Richmond has spent 37 years in the wilderness. Was wasted on a football match. All that passion, all that jubilation, all those tears, wasted on a football match. I mean, we could say that. And we feel, you know, we feel good. Superior, don't we? We can mutter incessantly, and we do, about the commercial exploitation of professional sport and the way sporting clubs treat their members as cash cows. But at the end of the day, it's not going to help us to understand the passion and energy that accompanies, especially finals, in professional sport, whether it's volleyball or the Olympics or the AFL or the NRL or rugby union or soccer or Australian football, as I like to be called, you know, we see it every day. Even little finals in the Little League. So let's look at this. Let's look at what's happening because we need to understand what's happening. Because if you want to be a successful activist in the communities you live in, work in, you need to understand what's happening. I mean, human beings are social animals. We need companionship. companionship, And we need to be able to identify with the people around us. The commercialisation of 21st century life where everything has a price the lacklustre performance of politicians who act as apologists 
for the unaccountable corporations that continue to exploit the community for their own personal commercial gain. The lack of faith as a community we have in authority figures, both in the secular and religious world, and widespread community disgust at institutional structures that no longer protect the community from exploitation have driven people who are looking for meaning into the arms of 21st century celebrity culture and professional sport. Because it's easy for a very tiny investment, buying a scarf or a beanie or a hat, you can be part of something that is much bigger than yourself. No matter how vacuous or mundane your personal question, you are surrounded by other people who are on the same empty quest. Barracking for a team, worshipping at the feet of celebrity, who's famous for being famous, gives you that warm inner glow we all crave for. You don't get it from religion. You don't get it from ideology. You don't get it from, you know, um, politicians. You don't get it from the institutions. You don't get it from authority figures. But for a little bit of, for a tiny, tiny of investment time, you can feel passion. I mean, the Tiger Army, covered with the same club paraphernalia, identify, can identify with each other. Strangers greet each other in the streets. Go the Tigers! People who support a sporting team share a common story and a common goal. They are part of a community. It doesn't matter how illusory or transient the goal is, achieving it with like-minded people in the same physical arena, lifts the soul and purges the mind of self-doubt. Because you don't need to die for your country. You don't need to pray five times a day or go to church on Sunday or or the synagogue on, on Saturday. You don't need to mortgage the house, throw a punch in anger, or participate in a demonstration, or go to work, supporting a professional sporting team is a little bit like being on the internet and becoming a click activist. All you have to do is call yourself a supporter, don the club colours, and pout when you lose, and celebrate when you win, and you are part of something that is bigger than anything you'll ever experience in real life. That's how pathetic living has become in the 21st century. Commercialised existence. We need to break out of that commercialised existence. And barracking for a club gives people that opportunity to demonstrate their humanity. Because when our tribe triumphs, we triumph. Think about it. Very important social, political concept, professional sport and the role it plays to a significant degree, not just in Western society, first world societies, 
but many developing societies, especially in authoritarian regimes where about the only outlet you have is the ability to barrack for your sporting club. Fascinating. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. I'd just like to remind you the Eureka Australia Day medal nominations are open. They will close definitely on the 16th of November. Every year, the Anarchist Institute, who organises the Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion Celebration, awards six Eureka Australia medals, EAMs, on Eureka Day, the 3rd of December, at Bakery Hill. At the site, the first Eureka Oath was taken on the 29th of November, 1854, and the Eureka Oath was, We swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other and fight to defend our rights and liberties. These medals are awarded to activists, both living and dead, who have demonstrated through their activities the universal qualities outlined in the Eureka Oath. And we are asking for nominations. So you you do know an activist who's given a great deal of time and effort to pursue a particular issue, who is not recognised, who's, like Peter Norman, ostracised for taking action. So if you do, put in your nomination. This is not like the Order of... This is not like the Australia Day Awards, you know. This is not like the, you know... Because, you know, the Australia Awards, they're, they're pathetic. You either... If you get one, fair enough... You've got to accept it on Invasion Day or the Queen's birthday, at least. If you get the Eureka Australia medal, you accept it at a grand moment in Australian history, the Eureka Rebellion. So what can you do? We don't take phone nominations. You've got to put it on paper. We need the activist's name, a contact address. So when we offer them the medal, we give them the opportunity of declining if they wish, and a few people have declined over the years. And we need a paragraph or two about why you think they deserve that medal. Okay? 15th, 16th of November, put it in. Well, I'm speaking. I'd like to thank all those people who uh, supported uh, the uh, walk, talk and lunch for the Melbourne CBD, which looked at historical anarchist sites in the 19th century and the early 20th century. We had over 20 people turn up. And it was so successful that I'm going to repeat it sometime in mid-December after Eureka Day because we've got a lot of things organised. A lot of things are happening. Now, don't forget, Wednesday evening with Joseph Toscano. Yes, yours truly. Bored, listless, won't have a good sleep. Well, turn up to the Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant, 20 Smith Street, Collingwood, opposite radio station 3CR, that's in Melbourne, 6pm to around 10pm, and uh, we've been going now for about July, about four months, three and a half months, quite interesting, turn up, meet people, like-minded people, have a conversation, have a laugh, 
Uh, enjoy, enjoy yourself. Come along. Uh, you pay for your own food and drinks. There is a limit, you know. We can't pay for everybody's food and drinks. So there is a limit. So 6pm this Wednesday, next Wednesday, the Wednesday after. It's good to see so many people coming from uh, in Melbourne from interstate and uh, regional areas. But uh, pop along. We could fit 30, maybe 40 at a squeeze. Pop along every Wednesday night. Uh, do something a bit different in your life. Become part of a different team. Now, don't forget, we have a number. Like I said last week, I'm going to do a little, you know, three or four minute public interest before corporate interest announcements every week because public interest before corporate interest is beginning to crawl. We're beginning to, you know, stand up on our feet. We're beginning to break out of the uh, the swamp of indifference and cynicism and hopelessness, which seems to be the rallying cry of Australia in 2017, and uh, not only do we need more members, especially people on the electoral roll, you can uh, become a member very simply. You can uh, download the application form. That's right, download the application form, pibci.net, P-I-B-C-I.net, P-I-B-C-I.net. You can ring me on 0439 395 489, and I'll send you out an application form, or you can post it to Post Office Box 20, well, you can post a request to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. There's two actions coming up, which I'd like you to come and support if you can. Both, uh, there's a picnic in Melton, on the outskirts of Melbourne, in Melton, at the Hannah Watts Reserve on Sunday. The 15th, that's right, Sunday, the 15th of October, 11am to 2pm. Bring food and drinks to join the communal table. There are barbecues there. You can barbecue your soya, you know, or your uh, dead animals. It's up to you what you bring. Come along, meet like-minded people, and hopefully we'll be able to form a uh, public interest before corporate interest branch in Melton. Uh, I'd like to remind people that in regional Victoria at Alambie South on Sunday the 29th, that's right, Sunday the 29th, we're also having a barbecue at Alambie South, which is uh, between Maui and Terralgan and near Mirabeau North. At Alambie South, we'll be having a barbecue. And again, once again, we're trying to establish another public interest before corporate interest branch at Alambie South, so that's on Sunday. Now, being country people, they're a little bit more uh, enthusiastic than us city people, and they're going from 11am to 3.30pm. Hopefully the Morris dancers will turn up. These are free events, totally free. Bring yourself, bring your family, bring your friends, bring a bit of a uh, few drinks and uh, a bit of food to join the communal table. Speak with like-minded people could be the uh, could be a change in direction for you. You never know. Change in direction. Now we've got. Uh, if you want to learn more about what's going on uh, with Pipsy, public interest before corporate interest, go to the website pipsy.net. The uh, Frankston Hastings branch meets meets on the first Tuesday and the third first and third Tuesday of the month. They meet. At 6 p.m., they go from about 6 p.m. to 7:30 p.m. 
at the Mahogany Street. I think it's 26 Mahogany Street in North Frankston, the community centre there. The Southern Peninsula Pipsy Branch meets every two weeks. I think their next meeting will be on October. They meet on a Thursday, 6pm to 8pm. They meet at the Hub, at the, uh, I think, at the Hub, 6pm to 8pm, and the next meeting should be on the 14th. That's right, should be the 14th, or Thursday the 14th of October. Hopefully I've got that right. You never know. No, it's not right. It'll be Thursday the 20th of October. That's right. They had a meeting last night. No, no. Yep. They had a meeting last night, which was the 3rd. No, no. They're having a meeting on the 5th. No. Oh, God. I'll work it out. Look up the website, pipsy.net. Pipsy.net. It's all up on the website. You can download the application form. Here I am looking for all the bits and pieces, and obviously I didn't bring that bit and piece, as you would expect from an old fogey who seems to have lost his mind. So if you go to the website, pipsy.net, all the details will be there about the barbecues, the picnics, the meetings, the activities that each group is involved in. I'd like to congratulate the Frankston Hastings branch for organising a successful forum with the Australian Unemployed Workers' Union last week and for them to continue that particular struggle uh, and assist in the Australian Unemployed Workers' Union to set up a uh, branch up there in in, uh, Frankston of the Australian Unemployed Workers' Union. And they'll be meeting at uh, 12.30 this Thursday, which will be the 5th of October, that's right, 5th of October, um, outside the Frankston Library at 60 Plain Street at 12.30 this Thursday to try to uh, get a branch established. So things are moving, but we do need your support. We're not asking you for your money. We're asking you to join. You're interested in change? Want to break through the chains of cynicism and hopelessness you know, that seem to be so instrumental in keeping Australians down on the farm, well, come along, become a Pipsy member, join us. Now, for those of you who don't know, and I'm not sure how many people would be interested, but uh, I understand, that's right, ah, aha, I have found the bra- I have found the piece of paper. I knew I had it. I knew I wasn't totally off the planet. Pipsy Southern Peninsula which covers the areas from Dramana right down to Portsea in the Mornington Peninsula, uh, south of Melbourne. They will be meeting on the 12th of October, the 26th of October. They meet at the Sea Sea Winds Community Hub. That's the Keppel Sound Community Centre, which is at 11A Alambi, A-L-A-M-B-I Avenue, Keppel Sound, at 6pm. Thursdays, every two weeks they meet, while Pipsy Hastings, as I said before, meets on the first and third Tuesday of the month. And hopefully once a uh, Pipsy branch is established in Melton and once in Alambi South and one and one in your area when you get off your butt and join Pipsy and organise a picnic, we hope you will publicise it, 
will set up a Pipsy branch in your part of Australia. It doesn't matter where it is. Anywhere from the Antarctic to Saibai Island, which is three kilometres off the coast of Papua New Guinea, or even Christmas Island. You want to set up a Pipsy branch? Give us a call. We'll sort something out. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Now, just in case you don't know this, and it may be of slight interest to you, there is a by-election for a state seat in Melbourne, and that's the state seat of Northcote. And if you are a Melbourne listener, the Northcote electorate is bounded by Bell Street up north, the Arrow down south, Merry Creek west, Merry Creek the west side, and Darabin Creek on the east. And it's a big area. I think it's got about 40,000 people living there. And it covers a number of suburbs, Formbury, Alfington, Northcote, parts of Preston and Fairfield. Now, I'm interested, as I usually am in these situations, of running a public... In- uh, I'm running as an independent on a public interest before corporate interest and defend and extend public housing platform. Because so I think what we need is more radical candidates in these seats pushing a wider platform. So if you live in these areas and you'd like to nominate me to stand, that's right, yours truly, Joseph Toscana, to stand for the seat of Northcote, and the election will be held, I think, on the 18th of November. But I need to get my nomination in by about the 13th of October. So if you live in that electorate, you are on the electoral roll, and you'd like to nominate me, you've got a number of options. You can ignore what I'm saying, thinking I'm a deluded old man, that I'm somehow I'm going to change things. You can leave a message on 0439 395 489, 0439 395 489. Guess what? As I'm talking, a cockroach is rushing across the broadcasting desk. What has the world come to? Maybe it's a... Uh, <laughs> who knows? Poor little thing. It's run away now under the desk where it usually hides. It's our pet cockroach, but we won't tell the management about it. You never know what they could do. They could actually buy it a home, knowing how kind people are at, here at the studios of 3CR in Melbourne. So you can ring me. And I'll come to your place and get you to fill out the few lines that need to be filled out to nominate me. You can come across to the dinner tonight on Wednesday, any this Wednesday or next Wednesday. That's Wednesday the 4th or Wednesday the 11th of October at Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant. Let us know you're coming. Or you can email me at pibci, P-I-B-C-I dot net, pibci, info at pibci dot net, or you can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com anarchistage at yahoo.com. I'm serious about this. I think that uh, we should have, uh, we should move beyond identity politics. We should be looking at bigger issues. And although it's a state election, it is an opportunity not to be elected because there's no way I would ever be elected to anything, even a board to run a uh, bingo. But It is an opportunity to raise ideas among people who are thinking at that particular point in time regarding political things. 
Now, obviously, you're all waiting for my analysis of what's happened in the US of A. Well, nothing I can say, really, is there? I mean, 2014, 26 and 7-year-olds were murdered at Sandy Hook. And President Obama, who was not in the pocket of the uh, NRA, the National Rifle Association, couldn't get legislation through Parliament or through the Congress and the Senate in the US of A to amend laws regarding who could actually access guns. And let's remember, I'm not going to mention the gentleman's name. I mean, the gunman. I'll call him the gunman because these people love, love, to have their names recorded in history is about the only way they'll have their names recorded in history. You know, I'm not going to mention the gunman's name, but 48 weapons, all legally acquired, legally acquired, some of them even uh, submachine guns, over 600,000 submachine guns in the US of A, legally acquired before 1934, still on the register. What really annoys me is seeing people like President Groper and other people talk about we extend our prayers, we extend our sympathies, this is a demented action, this is pure evil, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. I mean, you elect people to power for a reason. You elect them for a reason. You elect them to try, to somehow to try to, you know, resolve issues. I mean, I'll give you an analogy. If I had a cup full of poison and there were 16 people sitting around a table and I passed the cup to the person next to me and they dropped dead, North Korean style, you know, drop dead, what would the other 15 people do? They would say to me, Joe, that's unacceptable. I'm not going to drink from that cup. That's not very nice, wouldn't they? Massacre after massacre after massacre of little children, of adults, people at a concert by somebody who's supposedly demented. Maybe a little bit. It's interesting, isn't it? Kim called the groper deranged and the the deranged man is calling the person who killed all those people demented but that's that's another story but what do you say you've got the power the second amendment and everybody talks about the second amendment the right to bear arms it's the right for a militia to be armed in switzerland every person is armed in terms of everybody, you know, who's been conscripted and, and conscription is, uh, you know, there's conscription there, right? And there are even heavy armaments in certain, in certain, in, in parts of Switzerland which are controlled by people. But not one individual has access to that, those heavy armaments. They're under lock and key and you may need three or four people from the same area to unlock them before you use those arms. In Switzerland, where you have an armed militia, And historically, they've relied on an armed militia to maintain their neutrality. You have checks and balances, which ensures those arms don't fall in 
to the hands of people who may use them because of psychological issues or personal hatreds, you know, to cause mass casualties. So you don't, you don't hear about mass casualties in Switzerland, which is an armed society. Most people wouldn't know that Switzerland is an armed society, that you've got compulsory military service till about the age 40, that you're expected to have guns locked away in your home. So if you look at the Second Amendment, it's about a militia, having a militia that has the right to bear arms. And what this highlights, this shooting, is the paralysis of the American political system to do anything, whether it's Puerto Rico, where disaster relief has been minimal, or this latest massacre, where the response has been prayers and sympathy, you really have to understand that we are living... People in America are living in a society where government itself has minimal function except to maintain the interests of the uh, those who exercise power and the rich and powerful. You've been listening to The Atticus World this week. Now, we have a special guest. We never have guests coming to the studio of The Atticus World this week. But we have this young person. Well, she was young when she first started listening to the Anarchist World this week, 35 years ago. Remember we had our 40th anniversary celebrations two weeks ago. There's a young person who's now middle-aged, Adele O'Connor, has come in to read a poem that she has written to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Anarchist World this week. Hello, Adele. Hello, Joe. Have I humiliated you enough? No, not yet. Not yet. Okay, (laughs) off you go. Okay, so this is a poem for Joe Toscano's 40th Anarchist World This Week radio show, Wednesdays 10am to 11am on 3CR Community Radio. Since 1977, Joe Toscano has been providing a little bit of radio heaven, at first for 15 minutes only, but that felt a bit radio phony. Then about 35 years ago, Joe's Wednesday show was extended to one hour, encouraging people to exercise active power, supporting supporting an anarchist society worldview, a society not just for the elite few, a voluntary non-hierarchical society based on the creation of social and political structures, where rulers no longer hold us, the majority, in their clutches, a society in which we all have decision-making power, Our lives no longer threatened, nor we the people forced to cower. We will have equal access to society's wealth, which no doubt will improve the collective health. When Joe says, we are the people we have been waiting for, you better believe it. But don't just sit there and continue to click those buttons. Get up off your asses and start protesting against the likes of Dutton. So keep listening to Anarchist World this week and for one fruitful hour you will feel at your intellectual peak. Instead of being an angry, far-right, nationalistic, spiritually constipated, irrational and irritating freak. Like Donald DeGroper in the Tower of White, situated in the US of A. And on that note, what more can I say? Except, congratulations Joe... And thank you for providing a wonderful 40-year radio show on Community Radio 3CR, Voices of the People, For the People, and Power to the People. Adele, what can I say? (laughs) 
I corrupted a 15-year-old for 35 years ago, and I won't add up the numbers, yeah. and you're still corrupted. Yes. How do you feel about being corrupted? Fantastic. Do you? <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm blushing. I'm blushing. But thank you very okay, much. It's been fine. a pleasure talking to you for the last 35 years. You're the only listener. You know that. No, I don't think that's you don't true. Think, well, no. I think it is. I've never had anybody in the no. studio before, except people that have helped me out over the years, like... A, Steve Roper and uh, Michael Smith, the CIA agent, FBI oh, okay. agent, ASIO <laughs> agent. So thank you very much, Adele. Thank I'm, you for I'm, having I'm, me I'm, in the studio. I'm to very read humbled the, and the one and only poem I've got to read on air. So. <laughs> <laughs> are you a poet? Could, are you? Well, not no. No, no. <laughs> Don't worry, Adele. Yeah, you, you've done wonderfully well, and I, I'm really, I'm really pleased. And thank you for coming in. Thank and all you, the best. Right, Hopefully, thanks. I'll. Putter on for another few years, but all the best for okay. the future. And hopefully, you can take over the radio program when uh, I putter off to the other worlds. We'll see what happens. <laughs> all right, thank you very much. All right, all right. thanks, Joe. Bye. This is the Anarchist World this week, being broadcast via the Community Radio Network across Australia, north to south, east to west, up and down. Don't forget to join public interest before corporate interest. Go to the website, download the application form, pipsy.net. Don't forget Peter Norman Day, midday. October the 9th, Monday, outside the Melbourne Town Hall. Where else would it be? Join us for the day. Don't forget the 15th of Sunday the 15th, the Hannah Watts Reserve. That's the 15th of October in Melton for another Pipsy picnic. And uh, lots of things happening. Don't forget those Eureka Australia Day Medal nominations. We need them now. And uh, thank you for listening to the Anarchist Wall this week via the Community Radio Network. Websites to look at. You can you can look at my personal Facebook page and become a friend. Pipsy, oh, just can't afford the public. Don't forget, I'm, I would like to stand in the electorate of Northcote, but I need you. So if you live in Elfington, Fairfield, Northcote, parts of Preston and Formbury and Fairfield, give me a ring. Nominate me to stand on a public interest before corporate interests. Defend and extend public housing campaign as an independent for the electorate of Northcote, 0439 395 489. Email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Don't write because I've got to get it in by about the next seven or eight days, the nomination. So I'm sweating on it as if I don't do enough. But this will be, be pure heaven. We'll have people all over Northcote pushing... Non-identity politics. Can you imagine it? Unbelievable. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week on your local community radio station via the Community Radio Network. Listen in next week to The Anarchist World this week. Evil minds that plot destruction construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.